Damn it, I opened a beer and I was muted. <laughs> now, now I have two open beers because I just wanted a beer opening at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Ready to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name's Jake. With me are Cody Sam, Jill and Alex, producer Terry. This week we're here to talk about Last Christmas, written by Stephen Moffat, directed by Paul Wilmshurst. Aired December 25th, 2014. Jill. Mm-hmm. Uh, what'd you think about this one? I liked it as a standalone, but I do have to say I got a little bit tired of the like dream on dream on dream on dream on dream. Felt like no. that was a little bit drug out. But it was good as a standalone. And there was some fun character development and the story was fine. All right, Cody, you had something to say. What do you think about this one? I thought it was great, Jake. He also loves Inception, so I do. I am I uh which one? When the doctor came back and she was old and they were still in a dream, I did roll my eyes a little bit. <laughs> but I it was such a good Christmas episode. It was amazing. Sam? I like the idea of the monster was really interesting and the Santa was really sassy and made it fun and the characters were a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. The Santa? The Santa. <laughs> Nick Frost? Sure. Sure. Oh, God, he's a national treasure. Knight him. Alex? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. The, the visual effects were, like, nuts. It was super well done with, like, props department and stuff. It was great. Good, good, good episode. Terry? I really enjoyed it. The fun humor that was added by Santa and the two elves was great. It uh, added just brightness to all of the dim dark that was going on throughout the rest of it. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> was it a cold open when Santa was on top of the roof? Or yeah, when they like crashed the into the yeah. roof. I never remember where the intro is. Get a shift on? Yeah, getting it. But Nick Frost, right out the gate, painted himself as the perfect Santa Claus. Like, that's how I always want Santa Claus to be portrayed. It's just a sassy, uh, clever guy with two shit-talking elves. Suck it, <laughs> Tim Allen. That's racist. Santa even <laughs> says shut up. Is. Oh, wow. It was after the doctor said it, though. Well, he he said it, and then he said something else after that was like, oh, in the nicest way possible, I don't really mean it. Like, Right. But we find out that she was dreaming at this point, too, later on. Right? I knew that was going to... I called that one. I did not call the old Clara. I thought this was going to be their way to get rid of Clara. Like, she's done because she's old. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, they got me. That's my one wish for this episode is that they had had the balls to just do the 
oh, Clara's 90 years old. And the the doctor just never went back. Or when he finally did, he went to the, he had to go to this time to save her and shit. It was 62 years later or whatever. So So, if he goes back to see her when she's 62, can he not go back to see her at a younger age? Uh, he probably could, but it's dangerous. Like we saw a tenant go back and see Rose before he met her. But like once you kind of establish yourself in a timeline, the doctor repeatedly says just so like they don't get an easy out in a story that we're part of events now. We can't travel through travel in time through this story, uh, you know, unless the writer wants to and it's part of it, then they do it all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah, they could fix that easy. That's how you get the. Raptors. The, oh, the Reapers. The Reapers. Reapers. Yeah. Oh. So, Jake, you had mentioned that uh, at this point, Clara was like, she was on the way out and then decided to stay or something. You mean Jenna? Jenna, not Clara. Right. Yeah. Jenna Coleman. Like, was so was that known? Like, was this episode already written when her first decision was made and then when she changed her mind they just threw in like the end part because it really seemed like they wrote it to be the end and then they're like oh wait the actress doesn't want to stop so then we'll just I've heard that it might have been as late as the table read for this story that they convinced her to stay on for a little bit longer they're like we can fix this it's just another dream yeah Yeah, so uh it seems so tacked on and just like it like that's that's just like the the oldest cliche is like oh and then i woke up <laughs> <laughs> i am i am curious if her ending if this would have been her final story if it would have been that she was old or if it was something else and because they weren't going to do that they're like oh now we can do this kind of fun fake out hmm. well they did the fun fake out and then they did the fake right, out. but I'm wondering. And then they did the cliche fake out. <laughs> I'm wondering if the if the fake out would have been the actual end to her story if this was indeed the actor's final episode. It it was seemed like it was written really well up until the end of the grandma <laughs> part. Well, the to burn one of like only two fun facts that I have, uh, Shona was originally written as the next companion the commander lady or the she's shop the blonde lady? one the girl okay but she probably would have been written a little differently if she was going to be the next companion and probably would have been cast differently yeah she was way too scared to be a companion yeah and kind of dumb Right, yeah, but I kind of I kind of want like a dumb companion like how many super smart uh, fast talking ladies do we need this yeah, lady is exactly what rose was though she was a lady that yeah. worked in a shop and she was dumb <laughs> yeah i think a different kind of dumb yeah but she did the dance thing when like the thing started i yeah. love the dance yeah that was great and she's brave and she's right? brave because she was in the room like doing that she didn't so, have a yeah. choice though did she no well, no, no one else wanted to do it. Why? She's why her? Uh, again, Maybe it, it, it was a dream. 
Also, she wouldn't have had any ties to a boyfriend or anything in her line because who was Dave that she was trying to forgive? Oh, that definitely could have been a boyfriend backstory then. Right. Whoever he is, he's he got forgiven. Get forgiven. Dave killed a guy. That <laughs> that's Cody's theory. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive him for murder. Maybe well, like you... eating the rest of her Oreos. So one of her things was dad comes around, right? Was that yeah? Mo- I most people have dads. That? Right, but how come it wasn't parents? Maybe Dave killed her mom. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're up, we're really onto something. Or Dave <laughs> married her mom. Ooh, Dave was a home wrecker. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's, it's getting juicier. <laughs> All right, getting a little off course here. Let's uh, let's bring no, no, it no, back. we're getting on course. Shut up! <laughs> right where we need to be. Um, I pretty much love everything to do with Santa and the elves. Yeah. Yep. I can't agree with that enough. <laughs> and uh yeah, even even the whole scene with Clara at the very beginning when they're pretending to just be roof people and then <laughs> <laughs> they they show up the riding Rudolph thing was a little lame, but uh the elf with like the balloon animal gun <laughs> and then yep. the other elf had a like a pop gun? Yeah, like a toy gun. And he's like, so well, at least it's not the... suitable for kids under four. <laughs> was the balloon animal gun like a real gun? I'm confused. It looked like a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, is there like something with Santa and tangerines or? Yeah. It's like a gift you put in people's stockings for ever. I've How? never but heard of I've this never before. Heard of that. It's, uh, I believe it's a European uh, one, but like he would uh, hand out tangerines because I believe that was like a not a delicacy or something, but it wasn't. It was like a special gift during that time. No. So it was like a joy for kids to have. Is that why during Christmas they have like the chocolate oranges? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's St. Nicholas. Um, came into a bunch of money and pretty much used it to just like give to poor people. And there's a story of a man with three daughters, but he couldn't afford the endowment to get them married off. And so St. Nicholas put dropped a bunch of money down the chimney for them. And it landed in their stockings, which were hung by the fireplace. And so that's where we get all that bullshit. And so you the mean by the chimney with care. Right. So the uh tangerines given as like a symbol of like a bunch of gold. Oh. Doesn't it mold? <laughs> you don't leave it there, you eat it in the morning <laughs> for breakfast. <laughs> Have you eaten a tangerine? Uh, probably. I wanna say yes. The answer is no, and they're gross. <laughs> the doctor says nobody likes a tangerine. But they eat them anyway. I mean, somebody gave it to them. People eat grapefruit, so. Ooh, I like That's true. I'm on board with that. Grapefruit's gross. Grapefruit is terrible. I have a question. Okay. How did the monster pick those people? Like, how did it get there? 
That is not. Um, they old. were the ones written into the story. <laughs> I feel like the doctor. Well, the doctor said that it either attacked him or Clara, and then got to the other one through there. Well, history. for that pair, it makes well, kind of makes sense, I guess, because it was in yeah. his memory. But for everybody else, he just like collateral just... damage. Yeah, yeah, well, they're everywhere in the world. I think that's what the issue was. Right. But we only see those whatever amount of people. Those yeah, everyone British else is people. dead now. <laughs> <laughs> right. The whole world is dead except for four people. I think Terry just talked himself out of his own theory. <laughs> I didn't love that. I like to know the background of a monster. Also, but the, mon the that... monster concept is cool, though. It is cool, but they're also the stupidest monster because they put all of them in a dream together in a situation where they could figure out how to defeat them. Right. <laughs> like that is stupid. they could have put them all just on a beach and they knew each other from like family <laughs> friends and they were just partying. But so it's just a saw to well, a different extent. Until the doctor shows up, who is a higher functioning being. True. Everything's going fine for the monster. So the monster was stupid for picking the doctor. So maybe pick Clara and got <laughs> the doctor that way, but still. Right. Also, Who's where was the doctor? Dude? I was going to say, my theory is he's like on another planet and it got him and then got to Clara through his mindscape and the rest were just collateral damage. That's my theory. But it was like he was in that volcano scene where yeah. Clara was throwing the keys again. Yeah, like the dream state scene. Yeah. yeah. Your theory, Sam, doesn't get the other four people there. Collateral damage. I said that from, from what? where, though? Yeah. <laughs> what collateral, what is being collateralized that is taking Like them? the monster is on its way to find Clara and just like drops off a couple of monsters along the way. They're like, boop, boop, boop. There but we go. they're telepathic, so do they need to physically get to Clara? I guess they would. It was a yeah. physical right. thing. Yeah. I think it makes more sense that they just randomly picked five people on Earth and one of them was Clara and that's how it gets to the doctor. I think there's a reason the writer didn't define it. <laughs> the writer has yeah. no idea. There's a, there's a lot left to the imagination in this one. Danny being dead and them lying came out pretty early in the episode. That True. was uh, crazy... Uh, reveal like in the middle of this whole invasion like <laughs> just have it all out well if the finale from last season was supposed to be her last story and now all of a sudden it's not it's like well shit we better just deal with this and now right. so that's that's kind of what i mean by the writing up until the end of the grandma point was so perfect for it to be the last because in the beginning um, Clara's looking at the doctor like I thought I'd never see you again like and I was thinking like oh man how many years have they been apart and then if it was written where the whole time they were in the dream state from the first time we saw Clara but she was actually this old lady dreaming that would have been so cool <laughs> yeah and it may have been um, yeah. but uh, I do want to tell you not all old people are grandparents <laughs> and Clara very <laughs> specifically says she never had kids yeah you called her grandma. Yeah, but she was probably still a teacher, and they probably referred to her as, like, the grandma. Grandma. You That's... don't have to have kids to be a grandma. 
So <laughs> I'm trying to be nice because old lady has negative connotation. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. She's a woman <laughs> and old. <laughs> yeah, but people don't like the word old. The elderly lady. You're right. Just Jerry call her Andrew. grandma. Because <laughs> that is it. That's heartwarming. Words. People love grandmas. <laughs> people love old ladies, too. I do have, have to say that me? to go off of Alex's um, talking about the writing, like even the references to the last Christmas, like it would have been such a perfect ending. Not that I'm not sad that Clara's coming back because I like Clara. I'm glad she's coming back. But all of the ties to last Christmas and like last Christmas with Danny that she got to experience and the last Christmas with the doctor, it would have been a really good end. Yeah, they they were right. They were they were pulling tight this really perfect bow. And then and then it's just like, a, and then I woke up. No, then they just <laughs> cut the bow right down the middle. Yeah. Fuck you, bow. <laughs> uh, yeah. And even like the solution to Clara being old is just Santa walking back in. And he's clearly on a different set, just like in a doorway, just yeah. going like, wakey, wakey. I really liked the um, after the uh, old Clara scene of how she said like she traveled and she never got married because like no one stacked up to Danny Pink's standard. Like there was one, but she couldn't, which obviously was the doctor. But he was uh, impossible. Right. When it's like he's impossible for the impossible girl. Oh, my God. So cool. <laughs> um, but then uh, when he does finally wake her up for the last time uh his there's a big blue box outside like type of thing was very much like a proposal in my eye and it was like hey i'm not gonna like let you give up and like not have a person in your life type of thing like come be with me like i i really like that type of closure to this kind that's kind of a cool turnaround because the companion's usually saving the doctor from loneliness, but now the doctor's like, hey, come with me. Let's let's not be lonely together. I am a little bummed that Clara now doesn't get the story that she tells when she's the old woman. The I taught in every country oh, yeah. in Europe, I traveled, um, did this and did that. And now like that what we know about her from when we first met her, how her dream was to travel and she did like everything she wanted to do. And now that's just gone. Well, she's I mean, just going to travel is, in a different <laughs> Right. I, I'm going to stop you there. That never happened. That was in a dream. <laughs> right. But again, I'm saying like, if that was, and we don't know, but if that was originally intended to be her exit from the show, then oh, yeah. it would have been, like bittersweet exit. yeah yeah that was all part of that perfect little bow that they just chopped up and made into confetti instead haha <laughs> jk trick so you. also going with the bow idea i really liked how the doctor didn't see clara uh as aged like he yes. just sees her as young which is also like a whole when you're in love you see each other the same or however you wish them to be so it's like you're always beautiful in my eyes right and then Sorry, it, i'm getting real bitter on this <laughs> but, <laughs> like it's, but it's part uh, of what he's been doing the whole season where he's like you know pretending he can't tell if she's wearing makeup or if she's washed or so it's kind of like trying to put a lighter touch on that thing that he's been doing all season that some people interpret as negging yeah 
Sam. Sam interprets as nagging. But that scene was really cool. Just like the, just how they shot it. Yeah. Because it was, the direction was sweet. It wasn't a consistent, like going back and forth between her being young and old. And I just thought that was super well done. I do really like him helping her open the Christmas cracker when Clara did that for Matt Smith when he was really old. And it was just like a mirror of that scene. Oh, I forgot about that. I was trying to remember like where I've seen that. I was like, am I just remembering this episode? But yeah, that's okay. That's really cool. I totally forgot about that too. Also, 62 years have passed. So how old, like, do we know how old Clara was? So she's probably like over 90, right? I, w- I would guess 90 on the nose. Yeah. Really? Because I was thinking they're probably trying to portray her as at least like eight late 20s or so. Yeah. So she was 28, 62 years past. She'd be 90. Oh, yeah. 62. I forgot the two. Okay. <laughs> she's doing real solid for a 90 year old by herself. Well, and all of those dreams, like. How is her house so fucking big? Like, that should have been the first tip off. (laughs) (laughs) And she's, like, a little chunky. Like, not really, but she doesn't have that, like, sunken look. She's doing great. Oh, yeah, the way she hops out of bed when the doctor shows up. (laughs) Although, I do really like um, when he goes back and she's young again. And she's, you know, he goes to get the mirror and she hops up on her knees. And before she can look in the mirror, she fixes her hair because she's super vain (laughs) and constantly talking about how hot she is. (laughs) So she's like, oh, got to make sure I look good before I look at myself. (laughs) I got to print myself up for me. I liked it because it was like, am I young? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) That was really funny. Capaldi's um, delivery on these lines is always on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. I re- I did really like when Clara was in deep dream state with Danny, and like her dream of Danny was him saving her. Like that was really cool and yeah, kind of interesting because she, I guess she knew it was a dream, so then she was dreaming Danny as like he would know he, that he's not real and then like save her or make her make her wake up that's just neat oh His shit level <laughs> always win and he was he was dressed up as santa which is exactly what the santa in the whole storyline was doing <laughs> yeah oh man i do really like the staging in that scene because the doctor and clara are face to face and danny's off to the side and when Danny talks, the doctor answers, but keeps looking at Clara because he knows that the words coming out of Danny are still Clara's words because it's her dream. Oh, yeah. And so he's talking to both of them, but like just addressing one of them. That whole dream is really good. Her acting is amazing when she's at the top of the stairs and he's downstairs waiting for her to come. When she's like looking at the chalkboard. Yeah. And just the whole effect of the... Now it's a fucking TikTok meme, but the wiping of the chalkboard and Cody revealing. Out. He's like, oh my gosh. I was like, oh, just wait. They'll do it again. <laughs> Three more times. But yeah, it was I, really I love cool. it. Like, I think I might have been set up by the TikTok meme too, because some of the TikTok ones are just so bad. And what they did was really good. And it had like the little poof of chalk when she erased. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It didn't have like mismatching 
brush marks as the erase <laughs> came by. Yeah, it was so good. Proud of him. All right. Oh, the scene was so intense. <laughs> There's some other cool stuff I want to talk about. The kind of hints along the way to show that you're in a dream. Like, not the very obvious thing, like, Santa is here. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> when the doctor realizes, because Shona told them, that they need to not think about the monsters. And so he's asking Clara all these math questions. But How she's, does she do that? Well, here's the thing. She didn't. If you actually listen to the math problems, she's getting them wrong. Oh. But that's how dreams work. It's like numbers don't make sense in dreams. And so she's just saying answers, but they're the wrong answers. Hmm. Did you guys catch on to like the... Um... Fuck, now I already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long story. But yeah, it's a long story. Uh, like I, I heard it a couple times. I was like, oh, that's, that's annoying. And then it like became center stage later on in the episode. But I don't know. It is that considered a breadcrumb of like being in the dream? I don't know. Yeah. That's the next that, one I wrote down. The first couple times they said it, I was like, man, I really want to know why they're at the North pole. This makes no sense. Yeah. With the literal pole that's striped. That's so otherwise how would you know it's spinning? <laughs> it's physics. I love that. The but then like the the inception tell that they never caught on to was the the ice cream pain. Like if you if you're dealing with dream monsters and you wake up, why wouldn't you just immediately think like do I have an ice cream pain? Am I still sleeping? Right. Like that's perfect. That's what separates us from inception. Yeah. But no Is one ever like catches perfect. on. Like the doctor always has to point it out. Like, do you still have the pain? It's like, oh yeah, I really do. <laughs> I also love all the other little clues that I feel like I should have caught. Like there being four books. That was genius in my mind. Right. Uh, yeah, that was really brilliant. And I also liked the uh, like pick a page and then you all read the first letter or the first word. Yeah, that was so, so cool. I, I really like that because... The first time they do it, they're just four disparate words. So it's like, oh, shit, we're in a dream. But then the next time it like makes a sentence like you're all going to die or whatever the hell it is. Very, very, very dead. Yeah. No, so the, very, we are very... all dead. Yeah. But yeah, the last one oh, where it's very time. Yeah. When it's very, very, very dead, you're like, oh, shit, we're back. Like they they did it. But then you realize on the last word, there's Shona still had in a to dream. mess it all up. Fucking Shona. So is that is that the is that the crab speaking to the collective then? Like, why would it be like that? Like, it might just be that... their subconscious realizing the severity of the situation. Okay, so that's like there. the Santa trying to like get across that you're not awake yet. Would that be the crab's uh, way of fighting off the subconscious way to survive? of turning the dream state into a nightmare like it does. That was sick. Well, yeah, that dude legit dies. So maybe it has to start attacking them instead of slowly eating them. Yeah. I don't know, because once the doctor enters, or once they realize they're dreaming, someone at some point always says, oh, we're starting to wake up. And then they just have to like try harder to actually wake up. <laughs> And uh, so at this point, once they read the manual, like it should just be a matter of time. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe the crabs were working together, and that was like one of the crabs sacrificed himself to try to help the other crabs. He's like, I'm not going to make it. We're we're getting some trouble here. I'm just going to kill my guy and die in the process. Good luck, guys. <laughs> well, are you guys all happy for a little bit more Clara? Yes. 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 So she has at this point already had like a whole season and then like the second half of Matt Smith's last season. So uh, I'm fine there- with Clara. I don't I hate think Clara. I'm, I think I'm happy for Clara. Well, and the doctor, because... Apparently she has nothing else in her life other than traveling. I don't think she's going to lie to Danny Pink anymore, so I think she will improve. She's a pretty boss companion, though. Like, you can't really get better than her. What's he going (laughs) to do next? A lot of people would disagree with that, but not not (laughs) me, so (laughs) carry on. (laughs) I mean, barring the 70s. Well, she also tried to destroy... TARDIS, kind of? But that was, like, in, that was in love. I mean, that doesn't matter. Well, then it wasn't destroying the TARDIS, it was just locking the Doctor out. We all go a little mad sometimes. And yeah. killing them, how are they going to get back? Eh, she doesn't want to live. <laughs> <laughs> just kill everyone else in the pro- or the Doctor just, in the Just process. a good old murder-suicide because you feel bad. <laughs> Moffat's favorite topic. That was kind topic. of another... That's kind of another thing, too, when I, I was thinking in, in the beginning, like, oh, man, they've had many years apart. They haven't seen each other in a long time. And then I was thinking, oh, she actually, like, found a way to live on without Danny because, like, he's gone and she's living. So, like, I, I'm, I'm curious what her years in that gap were like, like what she did. Like, did she just, like, dive heavy into work and try and, like, drown out reality or... What? Like maybe she know. did travel. Maybe she did. Yeah. She was too busy scamming people so she could get enough money together to buy that giant fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> like the second floor had like six rooms. Maybe it's an Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> she's just staying there. Well, she's traveling. Maybe it's an old person's home and she's the only one who doesn't have family. Aww. She's in it when she's young. Maybe she turned to a life of crime and killed the family. <laughs> Clearly. House. She used her knowledge of the universe to trick people out of their money or just flat out steal. <laughs> Maybe she has like one of those ATM cards that the doctor has. God. Oh, yeah. It takes so long just taking out 200 bucks at a time until she has $400,000. Easy. No problem. Um, I really loved um, when uh, Santa used a key fob to turn off Rudolph. I hate that part. I wrote it down. I was like, that is the cheesiest thing I've ever seen. Uh, I also liked when the doctor took offense to the movie Aliens when they compared the dream crabs to the face. No wonder everyone keeps invading you. Uh, The last other thing I had was, is this the second time the doctor is driving a sleigh? Seems like yes. Oh, the, the episode with the um frozen Flying girl. Sharks. Yeah. 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 That because he flew it there, oh, and then yeah. like he was so happy about it here. I'm like, oh, this is another repeat scene of some sort. That was a carriage, not a sleigh. Uh. Oh, I thought it was with Santa still. Please tell the difference. <laughs> no, it was uh, with Scrooge. Wasn't yeah, it was it? a Scrooge, and it had oh, yeah. wheels, oh. not um. 
blades. And it was flying. I mean, come on. A lot of it, stuff was it flying. It wasn't flying. It was being pulled by a flying shark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, instead of flying reindeer, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sharks hate sleighs. They're all about wheels. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else we haven't talked about is the scene where they're flying in the sleigh and everyone is disappearing to go back to their lives. I thought I think that was shot really well. Yeah, I also yeah. think it's cool so that they're bad. like sad to go back, especially Shona. It's like, it's my turn next. Well, look so. at her life. Like, she was by herself. She didn't have family from the looks of it. Her and... dad was coming over for lunch. Oh. Well, she was arguing with someone. I Ew. felt more sad for the first woman who disappeared. Like, she looked down and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm stuck in a wheelchair. Yeah, she went to, like, oh. get up and was like, oh, right. <laughs> Can't. But then them talking about, like, Shona was like, I'm not a scientist. I'm a whatever. And she's like, there's no way I would ever be a scientist. It was just kind of funny, the realizations that everyone had and interesting. I got super Matrix vibes off of it. Yeah. Like the scene where they're all around the cell phone and then just slowly disappearing. Not like this. Oh, man, we should do a Matrix watch through. Forever. I also really like the scene where the doctor's throwing them their books and they're like, you, the whatever one. And he throws it to the, the sexy one. You, the sexy one. <laughs> What's a girl like you doing in a place like this? What's a girl your age doing in uh -huh. a place like this? <laughs> see, so he does see age, but he called her the sexy one. I thought that was the cutest thing. I loved it. Well, he met her at that age, though. So, like, that's the imprint. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was fair. funny because he had he had that line where he's like, oh, you're the same people. And like, of course we are. I was like, sorry, I deleted you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was great, too. OK, so instead of going right into tweets, let's do fun facts first, because Odali's tweet has all my fun facts in it. So, <laughs> Alex, give me that fun fact theme song. All two. Fun fact, fun fact, we're going to give you some fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> no, fun there fair. was no T on any of that. <laughs> we fun fact. Is, is that a thing? Like you're not supposed to like sing teas or something like opera style or whatever? Oh, I mean, get a shift on. No, you want enunciation through everything. <laughs> Hey, there's a difference between theater singing and uh, other singing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, did you ever listen to country? Anyway. This is the third straight Christmas special to feature Dan Starkey. He was Strax in The Snowman. He played two different Centaurans in The Time of the Doctor, and he was the elf Ian in this one. The only time oh. we get to see human Dan Starkey in Doctor Who. What? Very nice. Uh, this is also the third straight Christmas special for Jenna Coleman, making her the first companion to appear in three consecutive Christmas specials. Does she make it four? That's why it seems like she's been around forever. Well, it's because the first seasons. one, like, she wasn't Clara. <laughs> she was other Clara. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it, it, it just makes it feel like she's been around. It, three Christmases, well, that's like and, three years. And that Christmas special was in the middle of a season. Right. 
but yeah, I mean, this at this point, it's two years from that date when we first saw her. So, yeah. Uh, Faye Marseille played Shona. She was also the waif in Game of Thrones. Who's the, the waif? Um, the girl that looks like this girl that <laughs> trains Arya in the Faceless Ones or whatever. They're oh, That's where she looked familiar. Cody and I were both like, has she been in a previous episode of this? Where have we seen her before? We could not figure it out. She was a mean lady. Uh, yeah, and it's fun because her little Christmas to-do list, uh, one of the things on there was Thrones Marathon. Yeah, <laughs> then, that's true. That's funny. And then the year after this, she was in Game of Thrones. Oh, this was before that. Yeah. yeah. So if she had gotten to be the next companion, she probably wouldn't have done that. Companion probably would have been cooler. Yeah, but yeah, but you know, a hundred million people wouldn't have seen her <laughs> on yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah, but companions are memorable, and you know their names. Yeah, and Game she she would have they're like one off characters, right? She probably would have made more money on Doctor Who, assuming you get like a season or two out of it instead of like six episodes of being like the fifteenth person on the call sheet. Did she know ahead of time that she was going? Are possibly going to be? No, I'm assuming that once they decided that Shona, the character, wasn't going to be the next companion, that that affected casting. Like I, and maybe how they wrote the character. Like I think if Shona was going to be the next companion, they probably would have gone with a different actor. Okay. Uh, Michael Troughton, who played Professor Albert, the old pervert that dies, <laughs> is... The... Right, we didn't even talk about that. <laughs> He's the son of Patrick Troughton, the actor who played the second Doctor. He's also the second son of that actor that we've seen in Doctor Who. His other son was in the episode Midnight as the old professor guy. They're both professors. Wow. So many... Pro- well, we don't know if he was really a professor. Yeah, he was a professor in a dream. His character name in the credits is Professor Albert. He's the one character that also was the same thing in the dream. Maybe that's why they were in that dreamscape, because it was from him. Like, he's just, he is a professor and scientist. Like, he was the generator of that dreamscape? Yeah. I was going to go down a darker alley. Go on. <laughs> Maybe he's a pervert in real life, and then that's why he died. But <laughs> I don't know. Prison rules. He seems like a. He, he, he just he's he's like I did it as like a caring act. It seemed genuine. I'll give him that. Yeah, it seems like he's just a buffoon that puts himself in bad situations. Right. All right, Alex, give me that Twitter theme song. Tweet, 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 yeah. Ode underscore Ollie at Ode underscore Ollie says, gonna start with the fun fact so I don't forget. Kind of hoping it's one you don't know. Or this isn't the first time that the doctor has flown reindeer. If you've seen or can find, Alex, get on this, the BBC One 2009 Christmas Who Ident. Then you get 10 flying the TARDIS as a sleigh pulled by reindeer, and it's super cute. What? Huh. 
Yeah. All right. I got the link. We'll watch together later. <laughs> Just throw it in Discord. Uh, okay. Um, oh, I, before I f- continue with Ode Ollie's tweet, uh, you dickheads never asked me what I thought about this story, but I think <laughs> it's my favorite Christmas special. Like, I don't, I don't think it's my favorite, like, purely as a Christmas story, but I do think it's the best story. Like, I think it's super well written. The guest cast is great. Nick Frost is obviously, like, batting a thousand. And I just really like this episode. And, like, the next Christmas special we get to, there's parts in it that I love more than anything in this one. But I think, like, as a complete story, this one is probably my favorite. Yes. Because it was written so well. Yeah. Very and uh, let's see, O'Dolly goes on to say, all of 12 specials are incredible. I love them all. So this is the start of an incredible run. Though I'm even more excited for the Mary's reaction to the next one. And I'll stop there. <laughs> but uh, about that? the whole story is very much who does Elm Street crossed with Alien and the dream, ca- dream crabs are a genuinely creepy concept. Uh, face huggers with the power of Freddy Krueger. Waking dreams are creepy enough without a who spin on them. Uh, speaking of Alien, one of my favorite lines had to be Twelve's reaction to learning of Alien the movie. There's a horror movie called Alien. That's really offensive. No wonder everyone keeps invading you. <laughs> there you go, Alex. <laughs> uh, Good stuff. Danny's appearance is bittersweet and surprisingly moving. And a serious favorite line is his. Every Christmas is last Christmas. Uh, who tends to occasionally give us a maudlin sentiment, and this is a perfect one. And I think Moffat, this is me now, <laughs> I think Moffat really does like to have a bit of sad in his Christmas specials, especially, because I think Christmas is kind of both happy and sad. Uh, let's see. Nick Frost is always incredible, so there's no change here. His Santa being a sarcastic but kind figure is definitely meant as a foil to the Doctor, and I love it. Having another Troughton in Who is always incredible... Uh, and Michael does a wonderful job in this. Always love when extended Who family gets involved. Uh, Shona should have been a companion, and if Jenna had left as they planned, then I think she would have been an excellent replacement. Gotta love someone who's introduced dancing to Slade. <laughs> uh, and the scene between Twelve and Old Clara is sad, moving, and so reminiscent of the scene between Clara and Old Eleven, and possibly pushes Jenna to be an MVP of this episode. Really looking forward to the Marrieds getting to Series 9. It's got a few of my favorite 12 stories in it, and I can't wait to hear what they think. Oh, also the companion p- kiss the doctor. I don't think that's happened yet with the, uh, Clara and 12. Like on the cheek. Was it? Mm-hmm. It was really quick. It was hard to see. Yeah, I was on the cheek. Was it? Okay. Mm-hmm. The wraparound hug thing, I think, was more unexpected. Yeah. His face that was pretty funny (laughs) so you're choking me out get off please let go (laughs) no good points ollie that was i agree with a lot of what you said i'm gonna try and guess which one is uh ollie's favorite episodes from the next upcoming season alex i opened a beer and you didn't say anything oh i didn't didn't even hear hear it. it what what 
Okay. Well, it showed up in getting, Discord. Getting a uh, a silent shift on. <laughs> I mean, it showed up in Audacity. All right. So I sent out my request for tweets like really late today, like 3 p.m., um, which would be like 9 p.m. UK time. But we did get a few responses. Uh, Chris at This Emo Trash says, I actually really love this episode. Alien meets Inception with classic Moffat flair. Nick Frost is amazing as Santa, and I love the supporting cast. I really want to be friends with Shona. She's amazing. I love seeing Danny come back and have a proper goodbye this time, especially as he and the Doctor work together this time, finally. That's because it's not really Danny. Right. Right. Uh, the actual mystery of the story is great because the first time around, you go along with it and try to figure out what's wrong. But on rewatches, it's painfully obvious, and they even say that they even say that in the episode, which makes it more fun. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Did you end up watching it more than once, Sam? I did. Just twice, but... Right. Um, the way the crew all wake up to their real lives is so sad, and I just want the best for them. And killing off Patrick Troughton's son is not cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's not too much else I want to say. There are some amazing lines. I will mark you, Santa. Gets an honorable mention. That's uh, Shona. Oh, when she's like threatening, to, threatening to beat oh, up Santa. Oh, my little pony. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my favorite has to be, there's a horror movie called Alien. That's really offensive. No wonder everyone keeps invading you. We're getting a lot of points for that one. Uh, I'm also... Honorable mention. I'm also excited to hear what the Marys think of Capaldi's pronunciation of Nobody Likes Tangerines. (laughs) Nobody likes tangerines. The one that I caught from him was your tissue. (laughs) I, I kind of reflect that like feeling bad for everyone going back to their real lives and especially with Shona. Cause she was just trying to like make friends was like, Hey guys, we should hang out and get together. And then like trade numbers, it was her and Clara at the end. And, and Clara's just like, sure. Yeah, we'll do it. And then she's like, yeah, just to, you know, just to hang out. And, and then she blinked and then doesn't remember any of it, obviously, but man, she just wants friends. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be a friend. <laughs> All right, Janelle Hobbs at J. Christine H. says, I liked it well enough, but it definitely would have been better for me if it was Clara's last outing. As much as I love Series 9, Clara by this point had already had multiple technical ends, similar to Amy and Rory, so it had gotten a bit old by that point. As for the story itself, I love the alien and Doctor is unbelievable jokes. Uh, The reading the manuals is a neat device. Shona is a should-have-been companion. Uh, Then something I can't say. And then... Nick Frost is great as Santa, but I wish he could have had a little bit more to do. I agree with the Nick Frost thing. It, I think the way they did it though was like I'm pretty sure a that's really your celebrity crush. Bits and pieces. Nick Frost. Yeah, I'd fuck him if he asked me to. <laughs> <laughs> you even have to ask. But like, it really makes you thirsty for every time it comes on the scene. Yeah, right. But that's the thing with so celebrity guests, like. You don't you don't get Nick Frost saying, oh, I want to do a Doctor Who. And then you say, oh, great. Let's write in tons of Nick Frost stuff like you contact Nick Frost and say, would you like to be in Doctor Who? And he says, OK, I have four days in August that I can come and you just get as much as you can. It's not like he's, you know, on set for a month. Yeah. Can we watch one of his movies tonight? Absolutely. OK, I'll, I think. Janelle's pretty right with the uh, 
Clara had a ending written in here. It that was, was really so good. good. That they kind of just yeah put in the shredder. One thing I will say about Janelle's comment, and I'm definitely um, guilty of doing this uh, in other seasons, is like saying an episode is bad because of things that happen later or around the show as a whole. So like, you know, not liking this because Clara should have left, but the story by itself as a single entity shouldn't be judged on the fact that Clara has already been on the show for a season and a half and is going to continue for a little while. So in that sense, I think that's a little unfair, but I have definitely done the exact same thing, especially once we get to Chris Chibnall's era of the show. I think once Clara's last episode comes up, we're going to have to come back and discuss this episode again. This would have been a better ending for her, or I'm curious how her yeah. story ends now. I agree with mm. that. It's like, we'll see what... Oh, it's really weird. Like, she slips in a puddle and just hits her head on a curb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> next episode. <laughs> just, yeah, she's only in the next one for... her man and just dies. <laughs> and, and someone someone found her cell phone 50 miles away because it, <laughs> it made it no noise. From the... <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're going to have to kill her to get her to leave, so we'll see. <laughs> Again, Damn. she was she was convinced by Moffat and Capaldi to stay. And one thing we know about Moffat and his writing style is he hates killing characters. I mean, his very first Doctor Who story was the just this once everybody lives. And he's constantly being mocked by just never killing anybody. Which... Uh, he used to always make fun of RTD for exactly the opposite, for making us fall in love with characters and then just killing them. Hey, that's the R.R. Martin approach. Yeah, I don't know what I like better because I, I do like both approaches. Right. I think I there's. Think you need a little of both. Yeah. Hmm. But, so he killed Danny, <laughs> <laughs> who <laughs> everyone like universally loves. Top of the chain. It's not like Rob Stark, it's just Danny. Spoilers for season three of Game of Thrones. Uh, if you haven't seen it by now, you're you're trash. <laughs> Oof. Hey, everyone turns 15 at some point. <laughs> 15 year olds aren't watching Game of Thrones. 15 year olds aren't listening hey. to our podcast <laughs> before <laughs> watching Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is on HBO what do you Max. Mean we're not good with the Zoomers. <laughs> no, Game of Thrones is on HBO Max, just like Doctor Who. And there's titties in it. So every 15-year-old boy who's like, oh, I love Doctor Who. I'm going to listen to this podcast is like, oh, shit, there be titties? I'm going to go watch <laughs> some Game of Thrones. They're busy scanning for titties. They don't know so who Rob Stark you're is. you're welcome, kids. <laughs> the uh, guy who was, uh, there's some journalist who, or actor who just called Game of Thrones the tits and dragons show. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, give me that favorite line, theme song. Favorite line, favorite line. We got our favorite line, the line. Verbatim. Do you know what the difference is between fantasy and truth? They're both ridiculous. It's a good one. What was that? Yeah, I like that one a lot. I think he says, do you know everything. why? Does he say, you know why it's so hard to tell the difference? Maybe. I, can't I said verbatim, so. Verbatim. Oh, yes. Yeah, I definitely didn't get the whole quote right. But that general idea. Interrogate everything because you never know when it's going to be a lie. 
That's like the first time Ooh, they know that they're in a dream. How do you pull these things out of your brain? Like, I have to write all mine down. Oh, by making it verbatim. <laughs> I, just, I can never remember. I, like I liked... When... Oh, go ahead. No, you go. I liked uh, the right away in the beginning when Shona was going to walk through the room and they're say, like, they, they gave him a name, Sleepers. It's so, like that in itself is kind of creepy. And then it was the don't look, don't think about them line that like made it like super creepy. And then I was thinking about it was like, oh, this is terrifying for children. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, with Moffat, it was uh, like another like sight thing, like a sight monster. Cool. Pod Baby was super into this episode. It's a family show. I think it was the Santa. <laughs> He's already uh, been Big brainwashed into. Fan. Yeah. Probably. Um, I have Santa saying, uh, when I really liked when they were trying, Santa was trying to get them to like interrogate him. And they were like, how do you deliver all the presents? He goes, that's impossible, obviously. I've got a second sled. <laughs> And I just really like that scene of him trying to get them to interrogate. Uh, the doctor goes like, no, you're asking it wrong. He says, how do you get all the presents in the sleigh? And he just turns to him and it's like, it's bigger on the inside. Yes. <laughs> so that's just messing with him. That's the first one I have, too. And spoiler alert, it's going to get my vote. But not because of that, but because the elves after he goes bigger on the inside. Because he doesn't say it's bigger on the inside. He goes bigger on the inside. And then the elves go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then i have another santa line he goes as the doctor would say ah it's a bit dreamy weeby <laughs> i love that, that line was yes. so good <laughs> um the doctor talking to clara or clara talking to the doctor rather there are plenty of proposals and he says ah they all turned you down and she's like no i turned them down i love that He's always kind of putting her down, but in like a friendly way. And then my favorite line is, there's some things we should never be okay about. What was that line about? It's at the very beginning when they first come on, come upon the sleepers, right? No, it was, it was after they had pulled them out of Clara's dream the first time, like with Danny. Oh, and he says, are you okay? And she says, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I love that. That that was such a good line. The oh, what was it? Clara that said, "Hey, look, elves," and then they, they just get this face and like, "Whoa, th that's racist." That's racist. <laughs> that was really. And then what did he say? Did he say elvish? Elvis. That's elfist. Elf. Oh, that's elfist. Okay. Well, the first elfist? guy said that's racist, and the second elf said no, that's elfist. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I thought the second one was uh, like like correcting her, like no, it's this. But never mind. Um, and then the oh, uh, <laughs> the Santa to the doctor said that's rude coming from a magician. <laughs> that magician like real hits hard. <laughs> Uh, they said they they mentioned it like a few times. Yes, really so many. Uh, I only have two more. Uh, uh, Clara to the doctor at the end there of uh, Doctor, am I young? Is like no idea. 
uh, that one was really funny. And then uh, one Santa line that I had was, it gives you me sweet Papa Crimbo. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to have is sweet Papa Crimbo. <laughs> I love that as a name for Santa. You goddamn juveniles. <laughs> uh, to elaborate on your first one there, Terry, um, when he says no idea, I really like it when they go downstairs and she says, you really don't see a difference. And he goes, ah, Clara Oswald, you'll never look any different to me. Ooh, I had one where uh, it was the doctor coming back into the station. And he's he's like waving his arms around. He goes, as you were, as you were, don't salute. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's all the same people. He's like, of course we're the same. He's like, oh, sorry, I deleted you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, as you were, no saluting. Are you the same people as before? <laughs> Vote! Uh, I'd go with uh, bigger on the inside. I'm going with a rude coming from a magician. I'm going with there's some things we should never be okay about. I'm going with fantasy and truth, both ridiculous. Hmm. So the girls are just super droll, I see. (laughs) (laughs) It's Christmas. You got to get some feels on during Christmas. Um, I'm I'm going with it's bigger on the inside, but only if we add the elves going, oh. (laughs) That one also gets my vote. We win. What was yours, Terry? I I went with the bigger on the inside. Yeah. Alex, give me that MVP theme song. You have to say it. MVP. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Terry, who's your MVP? Clara. Jake asked me. I already know your answer. Uh, Jake. It's the same as mine. So we're going last. Alex, who's your MVP? Peter Capaldi. Jill. Uh, I don't want to be like Alex. <laughs> no, I was no one gonna does. Vote <laughs> Peter Capaldi. <Nobody> does. <laughs> I was going to vote Peter Capaldi because I don't give him enough credit, even though he's by far my favorite character in every single episode. Is he your favorite it, doctor out of the three yeah. you know? Definitely. Oh, shit. Okay. Peter Capaldi. Sam. Jenna Coleman. Cody. Nick. Frost. I'm also going Nick Frost, but I want to sprinkle a little Dan Starkey on top of him. Uh, so it's two to two to two. Boom. That's the first three-way tie I think we've had. In a situation <laughs> like this, where we love everything about it, maybe Paul Frift, the producer, deserves a little love, being he who no. puts it all together. Nick Frost. Yeah. <laughs> the direction was really good. I liked yep. and the that's shots. Paul, Paul Wilmshurst, we've talked about him before. He did Kill the Moon and Mummy on the Orient Express. This is his final one, but as a, a three-time director for Doctor Who, I think he was pretty successful. I think you received direction updates from Nick Frost. And then, of (laughs) course, the writing was really good. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh, uh, young up and calmer. That's not how you pronounce that word. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Named Stephen Moffat. Yikes. Are you guys ready for the game? Here we go. Give us the game, baby. Gib. Oh, you know what? Before we do the game, 
I have a Twitter giveaway if anyone wants. And oh, oh shit. yeah, I want it. If or you guys have to remind me next time when we do tweets to say what our Twitter handle is, because <laughs> people might tune out by this point. But <laughs> go on our Twitter, married to who pod on Twitter. And the first person to tell me that they would like this, I will mail it to them. I this week. I love that. That's always our that's, well, <laughs> contest. Just tell us you want it. But anyway, the special edition for the second Doctor story, The Power of the Daleks, some people's favorite Dalek story, my maybe least favorite Dalek story, <laughs> as <laughs> the special edition came out, I received my copy. So I have a redundancy in my collection now. So I have a Region 1 copy of Power of the Daleks, which is both, which is animated because the story is missing. It is both in black and white as originally aired and in color. And I, I, I have a lot of British or Region 2 Doctor Who DVDs. And they play in all of my Region 1 players. So I don't know if the BBC region locks or DVDs. So I am more than happy to mail this to the UK. And if it doesn't work out for you, you can just play Frisbee with it. But if anyone wants a copy of Power of the Daleks, not the special edition that just came out, but the previous edition, send me a tweet. I will DM you asking for your address and I will mail it to you at my own expense. What a guy. So cool. What a deal. This this podcast. Right and now. if anyone ever actually says yes to that, there I have other redundancies because as these seasons start coming out on Blu-ray, I have like the old DVDs of them. And if people want them, they can sure fucking have them. But it is time for the game. This is the Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit slash Doug Benson movie game game where... The five people who are talking to me right now get random Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit questions. They will each have an opportunity to go first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. The first person I will ask a question to. It's random. Might be really easy. Might be really hard. If they get it wrong, the second person gets to go, but they get four multiple choice. If they get it wrong, the next person gets to choose, and so on. So it has happened where the fifth person gets to just get the point essentially as long as they can remember <laughs> what everyone else said does anyone remember who won last time i want to say it was alex i think it was alex too two time back to back <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so so last week everyone got one point except terry got zero and alex got two <laughs> so terry you're going last because last is the most advantageous Alex, you're going you first. <laughs> well, I feel like it's second to last. Well, I don't know why that spot <laughs> just feels better. When Sam was going last every time, she just kept winning. And now that Alex has been going first every time, he keeps winning. So it's definitely <laughs> not in the middle. <laughs> but Alex is going to go first, then everyone else. So we'll go Alex, Jill, Sam, Cody, and then Terry. Alex. Yo. What is the name of the ship carrying River Song that has crashed on Alfalfa Matraxis when the weeping angel in its vault caused a phase shift in the warp engine? The Byzantium. That is correct. You're a freak. Holy shit. <laughs> you guys didn't know that? No. I That's was like, like the easiest one. The Arizona? <laughs> what? No. 
Well, they said it like a bunch of times when they were trying to like figure out where they're at meeting each other is like, oh, yeah. has the Byzantium happened yet? That, that only happened ago. one time and it was in her first story, the library one, where she goes, have we done the crash of the Byzantium? Hmm. He's just really good at that library. <laughs> but it, it just, is said it in that story. In my head. It's, it's a crazy word. River song. He seems to know. Ever since you guys got back from that con. <laughs> he, he absorbed when, when he sexually assaulted Alex Kingston. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. and it's everything about Alex Kingston that you know. Shift on. It's a. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just well done, stuck sir. In my head. Jill, are you ready? Um. Yeah. This this one's gettable. I think you can do this. What is the name of the house in which the tenth Doctor meets Queen Victoria in Tooth and Claw? There are so many fucking Tooth and Claw questions in this game. <laughs> Best episode ever. Come off it, you twat. <laughs> I don't know if I can come up with the name of the house. Uh, I'm going to give you a hint. Okay. Think about the queen at the very end of the episode. Um... I I don't know the palace. I don't know. Go to multiple choice. All right, Cody. Bring it on. Great movie. <laughs> I oh, <laughs> classic. Is it the Black Archive, Farringham School for Boys, Thirteen Bannerman Road? Or Torchwood House. Can I call a friend? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any friends. Oh, like, shit, is your friend right. Alex? I'll Ooh. stick with uh, Black Archive. Incorrect. We move on to Sam. Can you repeat the question? Yes, hold on. What is the name of the house in which the Tenth Doctor meets Queen Victoria in Tooth and Claw. And I'll give you the same multiple choice. Black Archive, Farringham School for Boys, 13 Bannerman Road, Torchwood House. The... Why do I want to say the School for Boys? That was in a different episode. That's the one I felt bad for not picking. I, I got to go with that one because it's very familiar. Terry, <laughs> it is your turn. Is it not Torchwood House? It absolutely is Torchwood House. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Yay. That's how Torchwood starts is in that episode. Yeah. Um, That's what I thought. What's the school for boys from? Uh, Cody's favorite episode. It's oh, Blood and but these family of blood, family of blood. Yeah. gotta love the TARDIS wiki. These all are buildings visited by the 10th doctor. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. Need to get a new card because that one's all done. And it is now Cody's turn to go first. Alex has a point. Terry has a point. 
When a speck of psychic pollen finds its way into the TARDIS, it manipulates Amy, Rory, and the Doctor's minds. What was the name of the dark persona of the Doctor that becomes manifest? Uh, God damn it! Easy. I know. It's It's like the Dream Master, some stupid shit. Multiple choice, please. (laughs) Oh, was was Uh, that your answer, Cody? Dream Master. Uh, Sam, do you want the multiple choice or do you want to just say it? Okay. I'm dumb. Sorry, I'm coming up with multiple choice. (laughs) I cannot remember. I feel like I'm going to get it wrong. I'll let you know how I feel here in a second. <laughs> I'm going to watch your face for when you figure it out. You're going to be really loving Astros this dude so much. Give it away. <laughs> My face is so stoic right now. <laughs> that is not what stoic is. <laughs> I'm imagining it's just like, like, like super like hard face, just like scrunching up. Yeah. <laughs> Stoic. <laughs> He's still doing it. Okay. Stop with the face, Cody. <laughs> Just cover your face. All right, Sam. When a speck of psychic pollen finds its way into the TARDIS, it manipulates Amy Rory in the Doctor's minds. What was the name of the dark persona of the Doctor that becomes manifest? Your multiple choice are the Dream Doctor, the Dream Lord, the Dream Man, the Nightmare Child. The Dream Lord. Yeah. Fuck all you. <laughs> and Don't it's, you remember it's Lord like, Master? Come on. Come no, on. No. But it was it was a uh like it was in that episode, it was one of those uh aha moments for the doctors like, oh I I know exactly who you are because time lord, dream lord, like same thing. Uh, yeah. Kind of like a dream master. (laughs) Master of the dreams. Okay, so Sam, Alex, and Terry all have a point. And it is Sam's turn to go first. What was the name of the secret organization that Minnie Hooper and Wilfred Mott were members of in the end of time? Torchwood. It's the old people that look for the doctor. The... the the, oh, uh, God, what was it? Like the silver something. Uh, you already guessed. <laughs> <laughs> Jake's desperately trying to come up with multiple choice. Oh, I did. It is now Terry's turn. Terry, what was the name of the secret organization that Minnie Hooper and Wilfred Mott were members of in the end of time? Was it the Silver Dagger, the Silver Cloak, the Silver Curtain, the Oldies Brigade? The Oldies Brigade? All right, just just no, just turn off your computer. <laughs> <laughs> that was the joke answer. <laughs> uh, Alex? Uh, Silver Cloak. Yeah. Two for Alex, one for Terry, one for Sam. It is now Terry's turn. 
His last chance. I even to... told you half the ha- answer, Terry. <laughs> she did. <laughs> Terry's turn to try to tie it up. Don't let Alex win. You can do it, Terry. <laughs> Sorry, I need a new card. <laughs> so I'm just reading all the questions on that one. This is not an easy one. In Blink, what's the name of the DVD store that Larry Nightingale worked in? Larry's Home Video. <laughs> Alex is first. What is the name of the DVD store that Mr. Nightingale works at in Blink? Is it Banto's? Is it David's? Terry's? Or Yanto's? Is it Banto's? <laughs> yes. Oh. I was going to guess Yanto's. Uh, same, Jill. <laughs> Yanto's well, a character from Torchwood. So yeah, giving that to Alex is probably a bad idea because he knew that. <laughs> Yeah, I knew I knew Yanto was BS, and then I was like, well, it's probably not Dave's because he didn't own it. Uh, so, 50-50 shot. Alex wins again. Congratulations, right. Alex. Yay. How about wonder, Alex has to host next time? I wonder if... Jake can um, play. <laughs> he doesn't have the cards. I, yeah, I don't have We're the cards. We're socially distant. It's just whoever follows me wins. <laughs> Well, I don't know if starting first is bad because once you go first, then you're last, and then that's you're like if immediately you adva- advantage. Yeah, everyone is at a time first and last. Yeah, it's everyone I, gets a point or chance at every position, so it shouldn't matter. It kind of depends who you're behind, more so than your position in line. If you're behind Alex, you're fucked. Yep. <laughs> if me. you're behind me, you're it's, you're gonna win. <laughs> All right, so Jake, we need you to make that uh, random spreadsheet and then just shuffle it every time. Ooh. Because then, like then it would be truly random of the order. Yeah, that's easy. Everyone's yeah. just trying to get behind Terry. <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> Gee, rip Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it, eh? Hey? So next week's episode is a two-parter. Oh, guess who already watched it? Who? Hello. Hey. Hi. Were you just bored? I slept through most of it. Ah. Okay, so it's Cody two... and Terry watched it on accident. Okay, well, don't do that from now on, because this season's all two-parters, and most of them we're going to do one at a time. So put a fucking sleep timer on, because you obviously can't stay awake for 40 minutes. <laughs> uh, so this one's a two-parter. When people ask, like, what Doctor Who story would you take with you on a desert planet if you only got one, this is the one I pick. Because it's two-parters, you get a little longer. It's got all the elements I love about Doctor Who, even if it's not my favorite story, or even in my top ten. It is, it's got a lot of things I really like. It's also, if I'm not mistaken, as far as Terry ever got in Doctor Who. So from this point on, it will be his first time watching them. Uh, that's incorrect. I have seen these ones. No, no, I mean after this one. Like the the one after it, you haven't seen. Oh, yeah. Like I've seen this two-parter. Yeah. But I mean, af- after this, you will be with the other marrieds that aren't Alex in being blind. Okay. All right. Um. So, yeah. So it is a two-parter. Sorry, Jill, but we're going to watch both of them. 
even though there's a lot to talk about, they aren't really two disparate stories. They're you kind of have to talk about them together. So sorry for that. Terry and um, Cody already had their inside jokes about this episode. Okay, Terry and Cody, do better. <laughs> what? We watched the first episode. Well, don't talk about it. Well, first of all, no, you didn't. You watched both because you fell asleep. <laughs> no, we only watched the first one. We didn't watch the second one. It doesn't just automatically play the next one when you're sleeping? No, I stopped it at the end of the first one. Okay. Uh, go ahead and watch the next one. And don't say inside jokes around people who haven't watched them. Like Pod Baby. <laughs> Alex, give me that paper cup of these this has been our episode on last christmas if you'd like to follow us on our social medias you can follow us on twitter at married to pod on instagram married to who or you can go to our website or you can email us at married to gmail.com uh, if you want to listen to this episode in any different way you can listen on our website married who.com you can listen on apple podcast google play which i think is being shut down in a couple weeks and spotify uh if you that's all the if you's on behalf of myself jake alex jill cody sam and producer terry thank you for listening and please join us next time for the magician's apprentice and the witch is familiar Do 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 do